Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Do you ever feel like the Lord has completely abandoned us? I mean, it's clear that the world is on the fast track to hell. Where do we go from here? In today's Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. talks about how while the world is going down the path of evil, we need to cry out to God. When we cry out to Him, He will provide. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on May 14th, 2023. Listen to verses 3 and 4. David crying out to God, My soul also is greatly troubled, but you, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver me. Oh, save me for your mercy's sake. He goes on to describe very graphically, for lack of a better word, how he just soaks his bed at night with his tears, meaning he can't sleep. He's not sleeping through the night. He's weeping through the night. He's physically sick. It's taking its toll on him physically because of the intensity and the enormity of his situation. And he cries out to God, echoing that which the prophet Habakkuk would also cry out to the Lord. How long, Lord, don't you see what the evil is all around me? How long, O Lord, before you rush in? You know, we uh, refer to a crisis of faith, usually in the context of losing one's faith in God. But there's a different kind of crisis of faith, and it's the opposite. And let me explain. It's a crisis of faith, not in losing one's faith in God. It's a crisis because you know God could instantly change everything, but he doesn't. And it baffles you, and you don't understand why. And that's why you cry, God. Listen, I mean, it just seems so clear to me that you should just bring fire down from heaven like James and John, affectionately referred to as the sons of thunder, when they didn't accept Jesus. And John and James go to Jesus and say, do you want us to call down fire like Elijah did and just torch them on the spot? God, why aren't you torching them? 
Why aren't you judging them? They just continue on in their evil. And Lord, how long? How long, Lord? How long until you deliver me? How long until you save me? How long until that trumpet sounds, Lord? It's getting really bad. It's getting worse. Well, let's go to verse 8. So the first seven verses of Psalm 6, very depressing. Very depressing. I mean, if if you just stop at verse 7, you should be depressed. But 8 comes after 7. I know that's deeply profound. But from verse 8 on through the rest, everything changes. Oh, David's circumstances have not changed. We'll talk about that more in a moment. But something has changed. Listen to what David says, verse 8. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. (laughs) For the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. Ye all in big trouble now. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all my enemies be ashamed and greatly troubled. Let them turn back and be ashamed suddenly. I like this. David's the one who's so troubled, and now he's saying, not me now, it's on you. You better be greatly troubled. I'm no longer greatly troubled, because the Lord has hearkened unto the voice of my cry, O Lord, how long? and the Lord has settled me like He just settled Habakkuk. Do you see the common denominator between these two men of God? God did not immediately change the evil circumstances surrounding them, but He did change their troubled hearts within them. Nothing changed. In fact, it could be argued that it got considerably worse even after that. But something changed, yeah. What changed was God settled their troubled hearts within them, despite the evil around them. And it's evidence in chapter 3, verse 18, when Habakkuk says, and I love this so much, and it's going to be germane to our understanding of what the Lord has put on my heart to share with you today. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I'm not going to rejoice in my circumstances, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord in the midst of my circumstances, despite my circumstances. I will joy in the God of my salvation. God is my strength. That's Nehemiah (laughs) 8.11. The joy of the Lord is my strength. How about that? (laughs) Take that. What do you think about that? You got to put the growl into it for effect. Okay, wait, how so? (laughs) Because, you know, human nature, the sin nature, the Adamic nature in all of us chafes at this. And here's what that sounds like and looks like. J.D., you can't be happy right now. Do you see what's going on? Oh, I'm sorry, there's been a misunderstanding. You didn't get the memo. Uh, Apparently, you still think that my joy is predicated upon my circumstances. No, my joy is in the Lord. 
despite the circumstances. See, my rejoicing in the Lord is not synonymous with or predicated upon rejoicing in my circumstances. In fact, with Habakkuk and David and the many others like them, and this is for you and me today, by the way, we can rejoice in the Lord. Yeah, but do you see how bad it's getting? We can rejoice in the Lord, the God of my salvation. I can still have joy. Now why is this so important? Because if we're to have any hope of drinking from the cup of the joy of the Lord, which is our strength, and we need that strength if we are to have any hope as we wait for the Lord. That's the only way. And like with both of these men, we too can know this joy in the midst of unspeakable evil if we would but live our lives, and this is key, please hear me, by faith and not sight. Because faith is the antithesis of sight. And the just, the righteous, live by faith, not sight. Yeah, I just don't see it. Wait, oh, I'm sorry. That must have been another memo that was missed. Because that infers that in order to have peace of mind and joy in your heart, you have to see it first, because after all, seeing is believing. No, it's not. Believing is seeing. Believe and you will see. That's faith. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence, strong word, of that which is yet unseen. I don't see it, but by faith I'm going to believe it. I don't, God, I, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know the way you're going to do it. But I know by faith that you're going to do it. I wish you would tell me when you were going to do it, because it seems like you're taking your time, very long time. How much longer, Lord? I don't know when you're going to do it, but by faith I know that you will do it. Let me say one more thing, and we'll try to turn a corner here. If we are to have any hope of surviving and even thriving in the face of what lies ahead, and is even now, we have to see this through the eyes of faith. We see through the eyes of faith. It's the only way that we're going to make it until the appointed time. When's the appointed time? It's now. Oh no, here, here he goes again. Are you going to say it again? You betcha I am. Fast forward to today, now, now, and what's arguably the evilest day now, did I say now? Now, 
because now is the appointed time. This is now that time, that long prophesied end of time. And for the remainder of our time, I want to talk about this and why it is that it cannot be much longer. Be encouraged with everything that's happening right now. Are you kidding me right now? Nah, not much longer. Not much longer. Okay, by way of a preface, let me hasten to say that multitudes of people are dying each and every day from this evil COVID-19 injection. And you're not hearing about it. And you won't, by the way. So uh, Wednesday of this last week, you know how it is when God orchestrates divine appointments, schedules divine appointments for you that you could have never in a million years ever scheduled? Well, He did that for me last Wednesday. And it allowed me the opportunity to talk with our mail carrier, who I actually was wondering about, thinking about, uh, because I hadn't seen her for a while. So whenever I see her, I always try to encourage her, and I just ask her, I don't come on too strong, I just ask her, how you doing? And uh, I just, I always let her know, hey, I'm praying for you. Sometimes, you know, if the Lord presents the opportunity, I'll say, is there anything specific I can pray for you for? I mean, the Lord knows, just, just know that I'm praying for you. And she always appreciates that. Well, on Wednesday when I asked her how she was doing, a little different response. She said, well, I could, I could be doing better. And so I asked her why. And she proceeded to tell me that there had been a number of unexpected deaths in her family. And it was really a hard time for her. Well, I immediately told her I was really sorry to hear about that. And I was uh, thinking about her because I hadn't seen her for a while. And then I just reiterated how I would, you know, pray for her. And then she started tearing up and... In the moments like that, and I know you probably do the same, you know, you just kind of ask the Lord to give you the words to speak. And so I just got this prompting and sense from the Holy Spirit that I was to very gently ask her if she thought their deaths could be related to the shots. And her response, though hesitant at first, was that, and this is almost a verbatim quote, I hate to say it, I hate to say it, but I believe that it is because everyone who died was injected. You know, uh, yeah, Thursday night, uh, Ezekiel 9, Ezekiel shown a vision, And there is this angel who is told to put a mark, which was the Hebrew letter Tau, the shape of a cross on the forehead, to seal those who 
sighed and cried over the abominations and the evil that was being committed in Jerusalem. And I think about that, you know, it's, it's just, I think about Solomon who, who writes that, that with much knowledge comes much sorrow. You know, one thing about being believers in and followers of Jesus Christ and knowing the Word of God and the God of the Word and knowing what God's Word says about the end, it, it, it comes with this grief, this sorrow, because we do know how it ends. And if that doesn't give you a compassion for people, I mean, if, the, if they only knew what was coming, and it is even now already here. So after she shared that, I tried to gather myself and just tell her again that I was so sorry to hear this and that I would absolutely be praying for her, that God would encourage her and comfort her and that she would uh, be blessed. She was very appreciative of that. I'm praying for her salvation. What struck me about this conversation, though, was her hesitancy. She hesitated, and then she said, I I hate to say it. You know what that tells me? The hesitancy to dare say anything says everything. Especially when it comes to the evil of this and the facts about this. You know what's sad? Any search for authentication of this or documentation on this is met with a flurry of so-called fact-checkers attempting to debunk it. However, the more they try to debunk it, they, the more they unwittingly lend creed to it. What do you mean? Well, I mean, why are you so hell-bent, literally, on explaining it away? This is actually exactly what that famous line in the William Shakespeare play Hamlet speaks to. Perhaps you've heard it. The lady doth protest too much, methinks. It's spoken by Queen Gertrude in response to the insincere overacting of a character in the play within a play created by Prince Hamlet to prove his uncle's guilt in the murder of his father, the King of Denmark. This famous line has come to be known as a cynical, ironic, and even sarcastic comment directed at someone who seems to overdo, overreact to a situation or accusation so as to appear innocent when in fact they're guilty. I bring this up because these counterfeit fact checkers, you got to say it just like that, doth protest too much, methinks. 
And they end up authenticating the very facts they seek to debunk vis-a-vis creating the very thing they're hoping to avoid. Namely, that of generating more curiosity and interest in that which they want us to dismiss under the banner of being false or fake, not truth or fact, and they repeat the CIA narrative, conspiracy theory. That was the CIA, by the way. It's kind of like, this is human nature, right? So uh, I'm going to use this illustration. If you got a better one, again, please let me know. Uh, this is all I've got, so deal with it. So you're walking along the sidewalk, and, and you see a, a storefront window, and it's all covered in paper except for one little small puka. And there's writing above it. So you, you, and the writing says, do not look in this hole. <laughs> I mean, you got people lined up three blocks down the street. Why? Why not? What's in there? What do you, what do you not want me to see? Now I really want to see it. See, if you would have never said, don't look in here, I would have walked on by. I would have never thought about looking in there. By the way, that has a, well, that's another sermon for another time. Uh, I got a lot of sermons that I got to preach sometimes, saying that all the time. But um, that's what the law of God is. I would have not known that it was sin, had it not been for the law that says that's sin. Well, this is what they're doing. It's kind of like Adam and Eve, you can eat from all the trees in the garden, but the one tree in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou must not eat. For in the day that thou eatest from it, thou shalt surely die. Here's Adam and Eve. What? What's up with, why that tree? You see what I mean? The fact checkers. Huh, I wonder why they protest too much. Could it be that they don't want me to see? Well, be that as it may, the evil of our day at this the very last day of human history, and that is not hyperbole. I think you know when I say that, and I do say that, and I'm going to say that again. (laughs) This is the last hour. This is it. This is how it ends. And by the way, it's worse than most of us can possibly imagine. And I realize that's a pretty bold statement, but the truth of the matter is we have no idea about the evil that is now happening. The Apostle Paul references this. It is unspeakable to say what the deeds of darkness, what the evil that is done, it's unspeakable. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you've heard today may have encouraged you in your faith, and at times it may have brought up more questions that you would like answered. 
If you're wanting to get in touch with us, go to jdfarag.org and find the contact link at the bottom of the page. That's jdfarag.org. There, you can let us know some of the questions you might have, and we'll get back to you and try to answer those questions as best we can. While you're on our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If what Pastor J.D. shared today has you really confused about what it means to know Jesus and life beyond this life, there's a resource for you that might be helpful. At jdfarag.org, find the ABCs tab. This will walk you through what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus and what that means for you going forward. Once again, our website is jdfarag.org. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Just scroll to the bottom and click on Calvary. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Thanks for listening in to the Prophecy Update for today. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. The Bible and its prophecies are not to be taken lightly. And so we'll keep digging in on In Spirit and Truth.